0: Welcome, Christian Israel. Pastor Eli James here. This is Genesis to Revelation, of course, on Eurofolk Radio, simulcasting on Telegram, and today is July 22nd. It seems like something important should be happening today, July 22nd, but I don't know. It's just a thought that crossed my mind. Anyway, maybe the world will end today. That would be actually good. I've been looking forward to that. Anyhow, Let's get back to Genesis to Revelation, and we were uh, ended on Psalm 96 last week. Uh, no, Dan today, apparently, he tried to call me by phone, but I couldn't pick up in time. I called him back, but uh, had to leave a message. So apparently, I tried to call him on Skype. Apparently, he's got no Internet, because uh, the, the phone, the Internet sound from Skype it would have a very specific ringtone. That never engaged it only gave a blip 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 you know which is a sign that it's either there's no contact at the end or it's busy or something like that. So no Dan today and uh, but we're going to go back into the Psalms. We're going to start with Psalm 96 and let me open up my e sword uh, okay I have to back up one. Okay, okay, I may be on the wrong spot. I just uh, was trying to get a hold of Dan and uh, uh, forgot where we left off, but I think it's either 96 or 97. If we repeat one, it's not a big deal. Okay, worship in the splendor of holiness is the heading here in Strong's Concordance. I'm sorry, in the Esword. Psalm 96.1, oh, sing unto Yahweh a new song, sing unto Yahweh all the earth. Okay, so uh, well, a new song, what's a new song? Well, uh, it could be just figurative for poetry, a new song. However, the, the new song is the New Testament, and the old song is the Old Testament. Uh, there's a uh, an old and a new, yeah, the new covenant. It re- may be, refer- probably, more than likely is a reference to the new covenant. Sing unto Yahweh, bless his name, show forth his salvation from day to day. Well, we'll try. Verse 3, declare his glory among the heathen. Now, wait a minute. Here we go again. It's goy. Here the King James messes things up by inserting the word heathen, which suggests suggests non-Israelites, but that's not true. The, The word goy, does not mean heathen, it does not mean Israelites, it depends on the context, but the rest of the uh, verse, uh, heathen is still a bad, it should be nations, declare his glory among the nations, that's how it should be translated, his wonders among all people, okay, so Yahweh wants to be worshipped by everybody. And uh, interestingly, all is from the Hebrew word kol, K-O-L, which is the first word of the kol nidra prayer that the Jews use to forgive themselves before they commit sins, all right? (laughs) The kol nidra, all right? And people is am, all people. So it's obvious here that this verse, even though it's a stretch to use the word heathen, they shouldn't have used that. Because it includes Israel. All people? Doesn't all people include Israelites? I would think so. So uh, that's a bad translation. Declare his glory among the nations, his wonders among all coal people. Let's see what wonders comes from. pala is the Hebrew word. Pala, Properly to separate how does that translate into wonders? To distinguish great by implication to be causatively great, difficult, wonderful. Wow, the primitive root pa'la doesn't it doesn't suggest that at all. Maybe they're basing this on how the word is used in other places. Okay, anyway, they translate it as wonders. So you never know with the King James; <laughs> it can throw you a curve at any time. Brother Abear puts in the chat room: "Am um, BDB definition? Uh, what does BDB stand for, Brother Abear? Is that uh, 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 I'm trying to think of the uh, concordance? Anyway, nation, people, people, nation." <laughs> Persons, members of one's own people, compatriots. And they have at least an exclusive definition there. That's nice. Kinsmen, kindred. Okay. Oh, brown driver of Thank you. Okay. Good morning, Mary. And so, yeah, the uh, the definition, goy, does not mean Israelites exclusively. It always depends upon the context. The context determines how the word goy should be translated. And the same thing applies to ethnos in the New Testament. So let's continue here. And let me read this again. They decided to translate it as heathen, which is a false translation, folks, because all people includes Israel, and therefore the word heathen should simply be nations declare his glory among the nations his wonders among all people call means all people comes from the hebrew am now now remember ami means my people my people israel ami okay like as in ami go home <laughs> ami it means my people So if the word here was Ami, then it would say my people, not all people. But we know his glory. If if anybody should know his glory, it's us. But unfortunately, too few of us do. Let's continue. Verse 4. For Yahweh is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. See, as Paul says, there are other gods. What do you think the Elohim are? For all the gods of the nations are idols. Yahweh whoever worships them, worships them in vain. But Yahweh made the heavens. Amen. Honor and majesty before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Give unto Yahweh, O ye kindreds of the people. Now kindreds is uh, and it is the way it's supposed to be. The various nations should stay among themselves, segregated from other people not mixed up the way the Jews want us to mix ourselves with them, okay? O ye kindreds of the people, and this is Am again, give unto Yahweh glory and strength. Give unto Yahweh the glory. Do his name. His name. What's his name? It's Yahweh, folks. It's not Jehovah. It's not Jesus. Jesus doesn't come, well, since there was no J in biblical times, it can't possibly be Jesus, as some people falsely teach. It's Yahweh. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Verse 9, worship Yahweh in the beauty of holiness. Fear before him all the earth. So all the earth Eretz. And of course, Eretz is another it's a synonym for nations, uh, peoples. That's what it is in this case. Uh, since this is poetry, it's used in a poetic sense, but the earth, the dirt can't worship Yahweh, right? The literal mountains and water can't worship him. The animals well Sort of can, but uh, not really. They have no concept of God. They have no concept of that. And it's debatable whether the other races do. Certainly not the same as our concept of God. The word here is Eretz. Meaning to be firm. The earth at large or partitively a land. Uh, Country, earth, field, ground, land, nations. There you go. Nations. Way, wilderness, world. So it can be translated, and it's, it's often, if often means the people of the earth, not the earth itself. Same with, with the uh, word Jerusalem. The word Jerusalem refers to the literal brick-and-mortar streets and temple. However, it also refers to the people who live in Jerusalem, even in the future, because that, that stinking rat hole in the Middle East even though it is the literal city of Jerusalem, it is not occupied by the Jerusalem of prophecy, namely covenant Israel. There are hardly any covenant Israelites there, maybe an occasional tourist. But that stinking rat hole was condemned by Yahshua, said, you will not see me again until you declare my name, which the Jews are not going to ever do. We know that. The Judeo-Christians hope in vain that the Jews will convert before the judgment day. (laughs) Sorry, Charlie, ain't gonna happen. Ain't gonna happen. What applies to them is Matthew chapter 13, the parable of the wheat and the tares, when they will be gathered, bundled, and burned. Burned. Okay, yeah, it could be about all of the Adamic household. But again, the context the context of the word goy is all, always most important. So, uh, <laughs> Swamp Fox says, I guess it is my nature to be adamant about my b- beliefs. Oh, adamic, to be adamic about our beliefs. Yeah. Separation, separation. It's The it's verse is telling us the nations should stay among themselves. That's a good verse. That's kind of a little surprise there. Very good, I like it. All right, so uh, here's again the, the heathen. Again, a heathen is absolutely wrong. It should just be nations. I'm getting a little agitated here, folks, with the KJV. Anyway, uh, where was I now? Okay, let me just uh, go back to verse 8. Give unto Yahweh the glory Do unto uh, his name. Glory his name. Now, the the more I'm studying Hebrew prose, the more I realize that the. What's the word? Uh, When uh, modifiers. That the modifiers inserted by the King James Translation Committee are not really necessary. I think the modifier is definitely implied in the Hebrew. That's the way they thought and wrote. So maybe in this case, because the modifiers aren't always implied in the English, in this case, the uh, the insertion is justified. Okay, in this case, let let me read the whole verse. This is Psalm 96.8. Give unto Yahweh the glory, do his name, bring an offering, and come into his courts. Okay, bring an offering, okay, of your own free will, okay. Minca is offering from an unused root, meaning to apportion that is bestow, a donation, euphemistically tribute, especially sacrificial offering, etc., etc., gift, present, okay, an offering. And come, bow, the word uh, come is translated from the Hebrew word bow, to go or come in either sense, into his courts, that is katsare, katsar, I guess it's, yeah, it's two syllables, katsar, okay, a yard, his garden, courts could be translated guard, could also be translated village, or uh, they use the word court, okay. So very good. Uh, Decent translation. But as I said, there are times where the insertions by the King James Translation Committee are justified. Very often they are not. And they just provide a wrong sense of the verses. Especially since they are universalistic in most of their interpretations. Okay, Which is what King James ordered them to do because King James wanted to rule all of Europe or the known world at the time. And uh, so he, he he was universalistic in his thinking, just as the popes were universalistic in their thinking. They wanted to rule the world, so they wanted to subjugate everybody. And the Anglican Church at that point in time was a, a uh, what's the word, an adversary of the pope, papacy. And so there was great competition King James wanted to be more powerful than the papacy and vice versa. That's what motivates a lot of these translations. Verse 9, O oh, worship Yahweh in the beauty of holiness, fear before him all the earth. Again, meaning peoples, not dirt. Verse 10, say among, here we go, the heathen say among the nations that Yahweh reigneth. So here, they insert the word that, not necessary. Say among the nations, Yahweh reigneth. The world also shall be established. World? Okay. Tebel, the earth. Okay, so now, uh, by extension, they say here the globe. By implication, its inhabitants. So even Tebel, which is more tuned to dirt, than the word earth, erets Eretz means people just as often as it does dirt. So here, the world. And of course, if he's reigning over the dirt of the planet, he's also reigning over the people. The world also shall be established that it shall not be moved. He shall judge the people righteously. Okay? It shall not be moved out of its circuit. Oh, <laughs> okay. Hold on, folks. Dan is calling me. Okay, okay. Hello, Dan. Hey, Hugh. I had called and um, I texted you and left you a message okay. last night. And I guess you didn't get either one of those, or did you? No. Well, I'm on the air now. Are, are you available? No, I'm not. Okay. And that's why I was calling because yeah. I just got your message. Right, anyway. right, yeah. Okay, yeah, so we'll talk later, okay? I'm on the okay, air. Sorry. All right, thank you. Right, okay, okay bye. Uh-huh, bye. All right. as I suspected he won't be available today. Okay, very good. Uh, let the heavens rejoice. Now, the heavens, nothing but uh, dead stars, pure energy and no intelligence, no consciousness. That's not what the Bible says. The heavens are full of intelligence. Intelligent beings, angels, Elohim. Uh, how about the, uh, what, what are those things called, that guard, the uh, prevent the Garden of Eden from being overrun by heathen. <laughs> by the heathen, <laughs> all right? The, the, the various angelic beings that the Bible talks about, and not to mention the Nephilim, the, the bad, the bad angels as well. Okay? The cherubim, that's the word I was thinking of, the cherubim. So there's all kinds of intelligence in the universe. It's not a dead place as the f- fake Jewish uh, idea of evolution wants to imply that consciousness somehow evolved from dirt. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> okay. That, that's, but even dirt is alive. If you look at it, it's crawling with all kinds of living creatures. Uh, there's nothing in the universe that isn't alive. It's all alive. And virtually all of it has intelligence and consciousness. Even plants, science has discovered it. Plants have consciousness. Plants even exhibit fear and happiness. They've done experiments with plants demonstrating that, okay? So don't tell me that the universe is an unconscious, a dead, you know, just pure energy, energy and matter, and no consciousness. Life has consciousness. It's everywhere okay uh, as paul said we live and breathe and have our being in him whole universe is live alive with yahweh's consciousness he bestows consciousness upon us uh, brother Ebert says how many translators were scripturally sound <laughs> probably none i agree Okay, twenty-four thousand errors. I I think, I think Camperay said thirty thousand, and uh, it's more like thirty-three thousand. Probably because that's a Freemasonic number. Okay, (laughs) okay. Kim Smith said they're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They're all together, ooky. The Adams family, yeah, the Jews. The Adams family is nothing but a uh, what a watered-down, sugar-coated version of the perfidious jew that's what we're dealing with here folks evil always masquerades as good that's why hollywood tries to to scare the uh the pants off of us with these uh monsters right uh, like an alien you know like a like, uh, baphomet etc cetera, et cetera. no the devil wears prada <laughs> Right, Prada, he wears the finest clothes, $10,000 suits off the rack, or actually tailor-made, I should say. And uh, there are Jewish tailors. <laughs> right. And so this is what we're having to deal with. The devil masquerades as good. Don't be afraid of those demonic figures. They're not real, although you know, they are real. I mean, there are such demons in the, in the netherworld. However, if you remain righteous, they can't bother you. They can't touch you. But if you are unrighteous, they will, uh, you know, whisper things in your ear, like steal that thousand dollar bill that somebody left behind, etc., etc. You know, temptation. Where does the temptation come from? I agree that Yah, uh, not Yahweh. well, Yahweh tests us, but Yahweh allows Satan to influence us. That's what this world is all about: Satan influencing our people, Israel, and too many of our people fall for it. Okay, in the Book of Job, Yahweh allows Satan to go into the world and uh, wreak havoc, <laughs> covered Job's body with boils. Did Job deserve that? No, he did not. The, the book clearly says he was righteous and was doing no evil. And then on top of that, Yahweh sent uh, Canaanites over to to pester him, to rub, it, rub, it, rub the dirt in his wounds by saying, hey, what did you do wrong to deserve this, right? It's just part of the curse of the fall. That's what it is, folks. It's the curse of the fall. Of the fall, so let the heavens rejoice. The heavens are well here, eighty sixty four, Shemayim, okay, meaning lofty. So here it's more or less the uh, you know the celestial bodies, you know, which I was talking about. So the heavens is the celestial body. but it also in uh, Genesis two four talks about the host, the heavenly hosts. This word here, Shemayim, doesn't include that, that part of the definition. So let the heavens rejoice and let the earth. Here again, we're talking about intelligent beings and poetically, certainly, because the, the Psalms are poetry. David is implying all the intelligent beings of the universe. Let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad let the sea roar and the fullness thereof. Verse 12, let the field be joyful and all that is therein. Then shall all the trees of the wood rejoice, even trees. Now remember, here, uh, eights A-T-E-S, ATS, a tree from its firmness. But it also says carpenter, gallows, pine, plank, staff, stock, timber, tree, wood, Carpenters are humans, <laughs> right? The word "h" does imply the word "tree" in, uh, in scripture often implies people, ancestry, offspring, etc. Psalm ninety six thirteen last verse here: Before Yahweh, for He cometh, for He cometh to judge the earth. He shall judge the world with righteousness and the people with his truth. People, again, is Am. Okay? So we have several examples in Psalm 96. I'm glad I backed up to it. I was going to start with 97. Suggesting all peoples of the earth. But Am, now, but Am, unless it's prefaced by Ami with the the I after, it's actually a suffix in Hebrew. Ami, meaning mine people. Uh, and here, well, let me just go to the definition here. It's uh, Hebrew 5971, am. Um, a people, as a congregated unit, specifically a tribe, as those of Israel. Hence, troops or attendants, figuratively a flock, folk, men, nation, people. Psalm 97, here we go. Yahweh reigneth. Let the earth rejoice. Let the multitude of isles be glad. Here, of course, the isles are being spoken of in the sense of having a people. Multitude in the sense of abundance. Okay. Let the multitude of isles be glad thereof. And I think here, the isles of the sea are often references to migratory israel verse 2 clouds and darkness are round about him righteousness and judgment are the habitation of his throne a fire goeth before him and burneth up his enemies round about well let's let's do it let's do it yahweh what are you waiting for as we just discussed last night the uh from the uh, talk of judgment Yahweh has a set date that only he knows and not even the son knows nobody knows except Yahweh he has a date scheduled <laughs> a date with destiny and but he does well what didn't Moses intervene on behalf of Israel Yahweh was going to destroy evil and he would have had to start all over with with the whole a whole new universe And uh, uh, Moses pleaded with him, no, 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 I love my people Israel. Don't you love your people Israel? And Yahweh said, "Humph. not at the moment, okay? They keep on making images to idols, (laughs) right? And they love gold more than they love me. But Moses intervened, his his prayer was heard by Yahweh, and here we are. A fire goeth before him and burneth up his enemies round about. Let's do it. What are you waiting for, Yahweh? We're pleading with you. Do it now. We're ready. We Israelites are ready. Well, not all Israelites. Those of us in identity. Verse 4. His lightnings enlightened the world. Oh, a flash of of brilliance. (laughs) Just a, a light bulb turned on in my mind, right? That's Barak, lightning, Barak. Jesus said, I saw Satan falling from heaven like lightning, like Barack. Barak Obama In, uh, the, um, not impersonation, but the what's the 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 word I'm looking for? The the, the, the devil incarnate, right? The devil incarnate Barack. Obama, I saw Barak falling from heaven. The earth saw and trembled. Boy, this is definitely a prophecy of the end times. Verse 5. The hills melted like wax at the presence of Yahweh, at the presence of Adonai. Wait a minute, wait a minute. It's H113. It is, yeah, Adonai. Or Adon, the short version of Adon short version of Adonai, Adon, ruler, Lord, and this is the controller, Lord, master, owner of the whole earth, and of course, course the whole universe. Yahweh is the owner of the whole universe. Okay, so uh, let me read this again. The hills melted like wax. This also could be a reference to the age before Genesis 1-2. Because that would be a historical statement. But it's going to happen again, right? There's going to be one last judgment of the earth. And this last judgment will will never be repeated. The uh, kingdom will rule for eternity from the next judgment. Let's continue. Verse 6. The heavens declare his righteousness, and all the people see his glory. Well, okay, now again, people... Comes from Am. If it includes non-Israelites, everybody will see it. Even the even the heathen will see his glory when he comes to judge them. Oops! Uh, no, 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 no! Don't, stay away! Don't come, Yahweh! Don't you know, Maranatha! He will come to do judgment. That's what the word Maranatha means. He will visit, and the evil are going to tremble with fear. And loathing, as the book of Revelation tells us, they will not repent. Certainly the Jews will not repent. And the Jews will see him at his coming too. (laughs) And talk about trembling. Oh boy. Confounded be all. They that serve graven images, that boast themselves of idols, because of thy judgments, O Yahweh. Verse 9, For thou, O Yahweh, art high above all the earth. Thou art exalted far above all gods. And now gods is translated from Elohim, folks. Get out your concordance and look at it. That is the true sense of Elohim. Because Why? Because Elohim is plural. Somewhere along the line, Someone who hates the name of Yahweh influenced the churches to translate Elohim as God with a capital G and sometimes with capital G, capital O, capital D, which never should have been done. That is a false translation. Elohim is plural. It's a plural noun, not singular so somebody influenced the Bible translation to replace Yahweh with Elohim. That's what happened. Verse ten: Ye that love Yahweh hate evil. Amen. He preserveth the souls of his saints. Now here are the word soul, nefesh again. It's nefesh, meaning you know, it means spirit, but in the uh, plural sense. It has to mean the souls of individual Israelites, the souls of his saints. This is talking exclusively about Israelites. So the generic word nefesh, meaning spirit, or the spirit, when it's plural or when it's preceded by a personal pronoun like my nefesh, my soul, my personal spirit, or her nefesh, or his nefesh. We're talking about the spirits of individuals, the individuation of the people, of the Israelites here. He delivereth them out of the hand of the wicked, let's hope. Verse 11. Light is sown for the righteous and gladness for the upright in heart. Rejoice in Yahweh, ye righteous, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. Very good. That's a really beautiful psalm. I love it. Some of the, fairly, soul lives, yes, that's another way that souls are, are lives of individuals, right? And Brother Hebert says, says uh, oh, I missed verse 8. Let me back up, uh, Swamp Fox, let me back up and catch it. Uh, daughters is a metaphor for towns. Zion is also a metaphor for Israel. Absolutely. Okay. Yes, especially in the Psalms, and of course, the whole Bible is full of these poetic references, And we have to keep those in mind because often future references for, let's say, the word Jerusalem in the future, after it has been cursed, the the literal city had been cursed by Yahshua, it's a figurative reference to both Zion and Israel, the Israel people, okay? Because we are Jerusalem, not the Jews, okay? We are the spiritual Jerusalem. There are terms. There are senses when the terms are used in a spiritual or metaphorical sense, more properly metaphorical sense, that, then, uh, then all, it's not always literal, is what I'm trying to say. Let me go back to uh, verse 8 and See, see what I missed. In uh, Okay, so uh, let me back up to uh, Psalm 8. Oh, no, let me go back to 97.8. Zion heard, yes. Zion heard and was glad, and the daughters of Judah, who are definitely talking exclusively about Zion, can only be Israel. Incorporating, of course, all of the heavenly realms, because Yahshua said, whatever is done on earth is also done in heaven. The ramifications of what we do here on earth are felt in heaven and vice versa. Zion heard, yeah, I missed that verse, thank you, Swamp Fox. Zion heard and was glad, and the daughters of Judah rejoiced, because of thy judgments, what's the word judgment here? Mishpat, Mishpat, properly a verdict, favorable or unfavorable, pronounced judicially, especially a sentence or formal decree, Human or particularly divine law, individual or collectively, including the act, the place, the suit, the crime, the penalty, abstractly, justice, okay? So, uh, glad, glad you mentioned that I missed that, sorry. Let me read this again, this is an important verse. Zion heard and was glad, who else would be glad except those of us in Israel who want judgment to be pronounced and declared and carried out. Maranatha! Maranatha, Yahweh, come and take it. Take care of it. Do it. Get it over with. Zion heard and was glad, and the daughters of Judah rejoiced because of thy judgments, O Yahweh. It could also be the literal women of Judah and of Israel, right? Our women should be glad for judgment. I hope (laughs) unless unless the women of Judah are hiding something from us that we don't know about. Anyway, Psalm ninety eight, here we go. Verse one. A psalm. Oh sing unto Yahweh a new song. Here we go. The new song again. Which is obliquely, if not directly, a reference to the new covenant. which the Jews don't believe in, and which the Judeos falsely believe applies to Jews. It certainly does not apply to Jews. Sing a new song. For he hath done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm hath gotten him the victory. Okay, so, of course, we haven't seen the victory. The victory has been declared. It's been announced. The book of Revelation is all about that. All of the prophecies of the Judgment Day are about that. Wait for it. It will not tarry. It's coming. And only those of us in identity are actually preparing for it. Although there are good people among the white race who are not in identity, who see the handwriting on the wall and are preppers and are waiting for it to happen, Many of these people are most righteous in their behavior. They simply do not understand what the Bible is all about. But nevertheless, they're good white people, and they're all over the place. And I think Yahweh will definitely spare them from the judgment to come, at least the worst aspects of it, because all of us are going to experience judgment. Because as Paul says, all of us, we are all sinners. So to the extent we are sinners, even though it's little things like... uh, not loving your brethren, or harboring a grudge against another Israelite, that sort of thing. Our people do that all the time, and so you're going to have to pay for that because every hair on your head is counted, and every every un, uh, untoward word that you speak, or even unworth, untoward thoughts against your brethren, will be are being recorded. And you will have to pay for them one way or another, unless, of course, you repent of those. But repentance means you don't do that again, okay? It's not like you go to the Catholic Church and just confess your sins to the priest and he says, go and sin no more. And then you start sinning all over again. No, it doesn't work that way. Repentance means you don't do it again, okay? You scratch that history out of your life. You, you never repeat those same mistakes over and over like most people do. Yahweh hath made known his salvation, his righteousness, hath he openly showed in the sight. Again, here's the nation. Now, do the other nations, and here I would agree with Brother Hebert that yeah, the word is goi, and it simply means nation. Now, it is true he has showed his righteousness openly in the sight of all nations. However, The other nations don't know what righteousness is. The law was not given to them. So again, the King James translation is universal. It's a universalistic translation. Verse 3. He hath remembered his mercy and his truth toward the house of Israel. There we go. He's speaking about the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our Elohim. Now, well, the episodes of his salvation, and but this can also be taken prophetically, that the whole world, non-Israelites included, will see, and it declares in several places that the other nations will see the salvation of Israel, but they also have mocked Israel because of our unrighteousness. They have witnessed Yahweh punishing his people Israel. They have seen that although they don't know Yahweh but the, the statements are such that where is their god the heathen declare where is the god of Israel he punishes them you know, what are, what are they doing that, that their own god punish them punishes them so mercilessly well it's not merciless it's just it's just so the the other nations are included here but not that they will share in our glory. No, the covenant message says only the Israelites will get eternal life. Verse 4. Make a joyful noise unto Yahweh, all the earth. All peoples, make a loud noise and rejoice and sing praise. Sing unto Yahweh with the harp, with the harp and the voice of a psalm, with trumpets and sound of cornet. Make a joyful noise before Yahweh the king. Let the sea roar and the fullness thereof the world and they that dwell therein. Let the floods clap their hands. Of course, this is totally metaphorical. Let the hills be joyful together. Of course, the the inhabitants. Now, all creation will rejoice when the Edomites are judged, when the evil spirits are finally destroyed once and for all. Before Yahweh, for he cometh to judge the earth. This is all about judgment, folks. With righteousness shall he judge the world and the people with equity. Okay? Yahweh does not punish non-Israelites unless they sin. You know, it's his call. Even though they haven't been given the law, nevertheless, They do have a sense of... They know when they're inflicting suffering on other people. They know that. They know the law enough to understand that. But they do it anyway. They can be cruel and ruthless. I'm talking about blacks, Latinos, Chinamen, etc. But so can we. Our people can be cruel and ruthless. That behavior will be judged... Whether you know the law or not, you should know enough not to harm another living being unjustly. You should know enough to understand that, and if you don't, then you just don't deserve to live, right? If if you can't bring that into your consciousness, then you do, don't deserve to live, okay salvation should be read victory. Yeah, that, uh, Yes, very good. I like that. Because there's two in Revelation and in the New Testament in Greek. There's two different types of crown. One is the crown of victory and the other is the crown of royalty. Okay, and you have to read the scriptures accordingly. Okay. <laughs> the world will see what white privilege is. I like it. That's very good. Yes, they will see our white privilege, but it's only going to be two righteous whites. Unrighteous whites will uh, get judgment just as the other races will, okay? The whole world will be judged. Okay, back to Psalms, okay? Now, let me repeat verse 9. This is a really good verse. Before Yahweh, for he cometh to judge the earth, with righteousness shall he judge the world and people with equity. Yes, it will be with equity Yahweh is not unjust. Yahweh does not commit sin. And this is a this is a problem that I have with some non-seedliners, and I've done shows about this, who thinks that who think that Yahweh does unrighteous acts. No, he does not. Because, only because the certain verses have been translated, uh, Yahweh commits evil. No, he does not commit it. That that verse should be translated as. As a catastrophe or calamity yeah it's a it's a it's a statement of judgment, not that Yahweh sins, he judges Israel with calamity It's happened over and over and over again, but never is such a judgment to be considered evil or unjust all right there's a sense in which evil is un, unjust or unjust behavior and there's a sense in which uh, the word evil is you know, righteous judgment, right? And if it's done by Yahweh, it's righteous, even though it may seem to be evil to us. Psalm 99, verse 1. Yahweh reigneth. Let the people tremble. Again, people is translated from Am. He sitteth between the cherubims. Or it could be among. Again, that's an asserted word, between, I should uh, mention that. Let the earth be moved. But some of us are immovable. We have hard hearts, and we can't be moved. Verse 2, Yahweh is great in Zion, and this is clearly about Israel, and he is high above all the people, is above all people. Let them praise thy great and terrible name. For it is holy. The king's strength also loveth judgment. Thou, well, the good ones. <laughs> David loved judgment. But he had to endure it too. Remember what he did to Uriah? Whether he was an Israelite or not. Yahweh judged him for that. He committed murder. Thou dost establish equity. Thou executest judgment and righteousness in Jacob. Thank you very much. Exalt ye Yahweh our God. And Yahweh is only the God of Israel. We are his inheritance. Even though, in my opinion, he created all the races, although I I agree that uh, some of the races could have been... uh, experiments by the Nephilim, right? There's also that possibility, but there's no evidence that that is the case. It's certainly possible and even probable, but the Bible doesn't explicitly say anything like that. Let them praise thy great and terrible name, for it is holy. The king's strength also loveth judgment. Thou doest establish equity. Thou executest judgment and righteousness in Jacob. These are beautiful verses. Exalt ye Yahweh our God and worship at his footstool. For he is holy. Or simply, he is holy. Moses and Aaron among his priests. Samuel among them that call upon his name. They called upon Yahweh. And he answered them. He spake unto them in the cloudy pillar. He kept, they, sorry, they kept his testimonies and the ordinance that he gave them. Thou answered them, O Yahweh our God. Thou wast a God that forgavest them. Now here it's 410. L. Simply L, not Elohim. L. That forgave us them, and it simply means God. Thou, thou wast a God that forgave us them, uh, but that's singular. L is singular. The, though thou tookest vengeance of their inventions, <laughs> though thou—that's an unusual combination in English. Verse nine. That was Psalm ninety-nine, verse nine. Exalt Yahweh, our Elohim, and worship at his holy hill, for Yahweh, our Elohim, is holy. Thank you very much. Psalm 100, a very short psalm, a psalm of praise. Make a joyful noise unto Yahweh, all ye lands. That looks like it's translated from Eretz. Yeah, that's Eretz. Verse 2 Serve Yahweh with gladness. Now they insert a, a definite article here, F. Serve the Yahweh, the one and only Yahweh, with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Yahweh, again, but of course this is. This does not have the uh, definite article. That's why I noticed noted it in the previous verse, Psalm 100, verse two. It is present there, but not in the next verse. There's no need. The only reason they insert the word "the" in front of Lord is because they they changed Yahweh to the Lord. Okay. So, who's Lord? What Lord? The Lord, okay? It's, it's just, they're trying to make it sound singular when it's, uh, there's no, no reason to change it to Lord at all. He is our Elohim. He hath made us, and not we ourselves. His people and the sheep of his pasture. Yeah, we are the sheep of his pasture, not all races. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him. Bless his name. Name is uh, 834, Shem. Bless his name, which is the Hebrew word Shem. For Yahweh is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth unto all generations. Okay, even Pass the judgment day and that's when his truth will never be challenged again verse 101 oh, sorry sorry psalm 101 verse 1 a psalm of david i will sing of mercy and judgment unto thee O yahweh will i sing i will behave myself wisely in a perfect way oh when wilt thou come unto me yeah that's what we're all praying when are you coming Maranatha and all those evil demon Edomites. I will walk within thy ha- my house with a perfect heart. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. Hmm, how about a television set? <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's a wicked thing. Unless you're just using it as a monitor for good stuff. But if you're watching... Jewish television, it's an evil thing. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. Yeah, that, all that wickedness shall not cleave to me, even though you might you be tempted to look at it. Verse four. A froward heart, and again, yeah, a froward is one that turns aside from his law. It's a, the word is ikash, ekesh, Distorted, hence false. A distorted heart shall depart from me. I will not know a wicked. And the KHAV inserts person here. Whoso privily slandereth his neighbor. Yeah, that's one of those sins that we Israelites are guilty of. Him will I cut off. Ooh, well, if you don't repent of it, if you keep doing it and don't repent of it, Him will I cut off. Him that hath a high look and a proud heart. Will I not suffer? He's talking about Israelites here, folks. Are you one of those proud, boisterous, you think you're better than the rest of the Israelites people? Are you one of those? Obviously, those do not obey his laws and do not even give a second thought to his laws. Mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land, that they may dwell with me. He that walketh in a perfect way, he shall serve me. So do you think at the judgment day that those Israelites who have been sinning up to that point in time will be walking with him in the kingdom? I don't think so. There's a verse, I believe it's in uh, chapter 22, it's either 21 or 22, of Revelation that says, let them who are evil continue to be evil, let them who are good who continue to be good. Why does it say that? Because that's the cutoff date. <laughs> that's the cutoff date. If you keep sinning after that date, that means you have no intention of repenting and changing your ways. So let them continue to be evil because they will be judged accordingly. They will not get into the kingdom. Those are Israelites who continue to sin. They have judged themselves by their own behavior. Important verse here. Psalm 101, verse 6. Mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land that they may dwell with me. He that walketh in a perfect way. Let's look at the word perfect here. Samim, entire, integrity, truth, without blemish, complete, full, perfect. It's often translated as complete. So if you devote yourself entirely, completely to him in a perfect way, then you, as one of these Israelites, shall serve him. Verse 7. He that worketh deceit shall not dwell within my house. He that telleth lies shall not tarry in my sight. The book of Revelation also said that the liars will not be allowed into the kingdom, no matter what race they are. I will early destroy all the wicked of the land. (laughs) That's the wheat and the tares. He's going to gather the tares, bundle them, and burn them that I may cut off all the wicked doers from the city, the holy city, the new Jerusalem, which will descend onto planet earth. Okay? The tares will be bundled and burned, and then the righteous Israelites will be gathered into the barn, that is, the kingdom. Matthew chapter 13. All wicked doers... for All wicked doers... It doesn't matter what race they are, all wicked doers, that's the word kol, Hebrew meaning all, every, whomsoever, whatsoever, whoso does wicked deeds will be cut off from the city. And, of course, this is metaphoric. There was the literal city of Jerusalem in his day. He was the ruler over it. Min, mini, mine, the city, properly, from the city of New, the New Jerusalem. This is a prophetic statement. And of course, it's literal, too, because if you're a sinner in Jerusalem in his day, you would be cut off. Okay? The unrepented Israelite soul will face judgment. Okay? Let me repeat this as the last verse here of Psalm 101. I will early destroy all the wicked of the land, that I may cut off all the wicked doers from the city of Yahweh. Okay, that's certainly going to be true at the Judgment Day. And we anticipate that day with great anticipation. We want it to happen uh, only, I think, you know, the the Judeo's want it to happen too, but they don't, don't realize what, what, what kind of judgment they'll be getting. They still need to repent of their lack of love for truth. And that, that hopefully the, the, some of these people will turn around. All right, folks, thanks for listening. Praise Yahweh, pass the ammunition. Here's the music.